listen to or read the news even semi-regularly and while half-focused on something else, then chances are you have still managed to hear reports about America's opiate epidemic. So opiate drugs are drugs like fentanyl, oxycodone, hydrocodone, morphine, and codeine. So if you've ever broken a bone or had surgery or even just had your wisdom teeth out, you've probably at least been given a prescription for an opioid drug, whether you've taken it or not. And the thing is, is that when we try to picture drug addicts, we usually have a pretty grisly image in our minds, a grisly and often unlawful one. And certainly drug addiction can be both of those things, but it certainly doesn't always start out that way. Many people who become addicted to opiates started out with a completely legal prescription from their doctor. For some, as they build up a tolerance to the prescribed dose or it becomes unavailable, heroin is often the next drug that they turn to. Opioid drugs, whether they are legal or illegal, act on the brain to help reduce pain, but they also tend to give people a feeling of euphoria, especially at high doses. And this high can occur even when someone's taking the drug at the legal prescribed dose, but it's one reason that people become addicted to it. Not just that they develop a dependence, but that their brain actually needs the drug in order to produce those feelings. So drugs like heroin act on the brain in such a way that they basically unlock this biochemical reaction, basically the feel-good one. But it's able to do so in a really powerful, immediate, and repeated way that wouldn't really be possible otherwise. And that's for a good reason because your body is being constantly subjected to that biochemical release and while you might feel calm, your body is actually getting too calm. In other words, your heart is starting to slow down to the point where it's really not going to be able to keep you alive anymore. And that is when you've overdosed. And especially for people who tend to mix opioids with other drugs like benzos that have a sedating effect, the risk of ODing is even higher. And according to the National Institute of Health, every day in the United States, 115 people people overdose on opioids. There is, however, an antidote. You've probably at least heard its name, even if you've never had to use it or witness it in action. It's a drug called naloxone, otherwise known by its brand name, Narcan. So earlier this month, the U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams urged more Americans to start carrying naloxone, even if they're not a drug user and don't know any. At least, they think they don't. Given the extent of the crisis, I would wager that the likelihood that you know someone with an opiate addiction, even if you don't know that they are addicted to opiates, is actually probably pretty high. It's not enough to just have Narcan on you though. In the event you encounter someone who's overdosed, you actually need to know how to administer it. So first responders have been getting trained in increasing numbers in the last several years, although they've been carrying the drug for decades. But time is of the essence, and if someone is OD'd on anything, but especially a drug like heroin, the sooner the response can come, the better. Back to those brain cells for a second. A drug like heroin has basically opened up the floodgate, and the body is overwhelmed to the point of profound sedation, which produces the overdose. So Narcan is quite literally the antidote to that. It goes to the same receptors as heroin or morphine would, and it clicks in. But unlike the opiates, it doesn't trigger that good feeling effect. In fact, it doesn't do anything but sit there. And that's kind of just the exact thing it needs to do, because as long as it's sitting there blocking the path, those other drugs can't reach those receptors 
receptors and bind to them. So basically, Narcan plugs up the flood. What's remarkable about Narcan is that it works really quickly. It's almost immediate. In most cases, if you've been injected with Narcan, it will wake you up in less than a minute, and sometimes it even happens in 30 seconds. It's not uncommon for somebody who's been given Narcan to appear to be having risen from the dead. A person may have been totally unconscious and not breathing just moments before, and then sit right up and ask where they are. If you know anybody who's a first responder and you ask them about the first time they ever saw Narcan in action, they will probably most definitely remember it. So depending on the circumstances, Narcan can be given as an IV, as an injection, or as a nasal spray. And it's the last route that probably most of us lay folk would be most likely to use. But each state has their own laws around who can get and carry Narcan, and you should definitely check out the map that the Pacific standard made to see not just like what the laws are around prescribing in your state, but the laws around access as well. It's also important to note though that a life-saving drug like Narcan should ideally be kind of ubiquitous. I mean, doctors are legally allowed to prescribe it to those who have a known opiate addiction or who may be high risk of developing one, and they also can do something that they can't do with most drugs, which is that they can prescribe it to friends and families of that patient. Many states also also allow doctors to prescribe Narcan as a standing order, which basically means that the patient or family member can go pick up the med as needed without having to go back to their doctor for a refill of the prescription every time. So the FDA approved an auto-injector in 2014, which was specifically designed for non-medical persons to be able to use. It's actually really similar to like an EpiPen, and they also have the nasal spray. But however impressive the results might be in an overdose situation, Narcan is not a long-term treatment for addiction. In fact, the effects of Narcan dissipate quickly too, after about 45 minutes on average. And for heavy drug users, that means that the amount of an opiate or a combination of opiates that's left in their system might actually persist even after the Narcan has worn off. And this means that the Narcan can wear off and then the OED signs and symptoms might actually return. So Narcan is just gonna buy you time to get somebody to a hospital hospital or a clinic for treatment, especially if they've started to enter withdrawals, which is very common after the administration of Narcan because basically what it's doing is totally reversing the effect of the opiate. And withdrawal in and of itself can be dangerous, not so much that it's physically dangerous always, but just it's an incredibly vulnerable place for a drug addict to be in because it feels pretty miserable. In fact, if somebody has been on drugs for a really long time and has been taking a lot of them, then actually sometimes giving them a high dose of Narcan can to try to counteract that, which would put them immediately into withdrawal, can be really taxing on their body, and it can lead to a sudden cardiac event, basically like analogous to slamming on the brakes. So recently, this miracle drug has been getting a lot of attention, and you've probably started to hear a lot more about it, but the thing is, is that this drug is not new. It was actually patented in the 1960s and approved by the FDA in the 1970s, and because the patent eventually expired, we now have a generic version available. It's on the World Health Organization's list of essential medications and is affordable in the developing world relatively. And also because there is a generic, the vials can be pretty affordable in the US as well. They're usually less than $25. But those auto injectors have actually seen a pretty steep climb in price over the last couple of years. A two pack of them can run well over $4,000. So naloxone usually requires a prescription in 
the United States, but it's not a controlled substance. And there are some who are campaigning to make it available over the counter, like it has been in Australia since 2016. We aren't quite there, but in 37 states, it can be purchased directly from a pharmacist, even if you don't have a prescription from a doctor. And in a little over half of US states, law enforcement is now encouraged, if not required, to carry and be trained to administer Narcan, a trend which is continuing as the opioid crisis continues to dig its heels in in the U.S. So I've never seen anybody administered Narcan, nor have I ever done it. And in Maine, I think you can get it and just carry it. I know you definitely can if you're a family member of somebody with an opiate problem or like they're on a high dose of it and would be high risk for overdosing even accidentally, which also can absolutely happen, especially if someone's been co-prescribed like a sedative like an Ativan or something, but I'm not sure where you would go to just like get it if you just want to have it on you. I know that they're doing more trainings on how to administer it, like for lay people. And I know that's really common in a lot of cities. Um, I know there was, I saw one when I was in New York last, I saw like a posting for one. And I'm actually just curious if, if anybody listening is a first responder and has seen Narcan in action. And, and if you want to like call in and describe what that's like. Also, if anybody has done a training recently, uh, and would like to talk a little bit about what's involved because I think people get really freaked out about like bystander laws and you know I know like when we talk about CPR people are really reluctant to do it and given I mean CPR I think is actually more complicated than giving a Narcan injection or doing the nasal spray so yeah I mean if you have experience with this I would definitely really love it if you would call in today and kind of explain that a little more like from the first-hand experience obviously it's not a like total solution to the epidemic but it absolutely saves lives. And given the extent of the opioid crisis in this country, I mean, it totally makes sense to me that it should become as ubiquitous as like carrying a Tylenol in your bag and, you know, just being able to have one on hand uh, should you encounter a situation where you need it and you'd be basically armed to save a life.